Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with arrows in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Today's guest hails from a family of real estate developers. And in addition to his impressive pedigree in real estate and construction, he's an award winner in several disciplines, such as lighting, design, cooking, and education. He's an overachiever. (laughs) He's also been a press associate, contributing to several worldwide magazines for technical and editorial content for the past decade. He doesn't sleep. But we are talking to him today because he and his team are stopping kids from being victims of the internet. How? By being a metaverse family-friendly content creator, publishing content in their own digital building where kids and families are safe, participating in esports, e-education, and e-entertainment. Coming to us live from the greater Tampa Bay area, Please welcome our disruptor, founder at Seismic Transmedia, Robert Lantain, a.k.a. Bob. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I said e-education and e-entertainment because education and entertainment have this connotation with it in the real world, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now we're talking about e-sports and e-this and e-that. Bob, before we get going, I I want you to tell our audience, and welcome, by the way, (laughs) what is your main disruptive ingredient for innovation? It's funny you say that because I've been thinking about it and and I said, well, I always been a disruptor in everywhere when I started in the lighting world. And now recently I saw a thought about, they were saying, you know, people are looking for workhorse, not unicorn. And I consider myself a workhorse. And, and I see myself as an old guy going into a young people's world, right? And this is my disruptive contribution because I come in with all my multiple generation experience into this world, which is totally virtual. You know, people of my age, they don't think about that. They're very well anchored into reality. And here I am, you know, this guy, you know, late boomer that is going into this virtual world. So I think this is, would be my contribution to disrupt this world with that. You know, like have, coming from my viewpoint, I could have had a, another beautiful, you know, this is my career. <laughs> I, could have, I could have chose something safe. I could have been an exec. I could have been, but no, I, I went and jumped right into something that is very, very, I mean, you can have something hotter in the moment, right? You can have something more, far away from reality, being in the virtual reality. 
So I think this is my contribution and also my way of coming into this disruption, you know, disrupt that market. Because I, I look at what others are doing and they're focusing on a, a little problem, a special gloves, special goggles, this or that. I come in and I said, well, let's attack this old children thing, you know, like the ch children's safety. And you'll probably know I have a seven-year-old and that was my motivation, right? So from that viewpoint, I come in and I said, okay, well, I can control my son because he's playing on the screen. But the day that he's going to have goggles on, what am I going to do? Right. What are you going to do? Well, I think it's really very interesting that you are the first disruptor that has said as their main ingredient to bring together all this generational decades of experience, right? So I say generational decades because you're taking into account so many generations and so many target audiences absolutely. to do something as a huge, like some, some people might call it a leap of faith, right? But then rooted in that is how you're going to protect children. And you're looking at it from the viewpoint of your child. What are some of the dangers and the, the existing status quo that you're very concerned about with your child that's happening with other children? Well, first, most of them you can't see, right? Because my son at six was already very aware on how to change a screen on his iPad, on the computer and everything. So sometimes I would, from my far eyes, I would see that he was doing something. And as I was approaching, it would change. So, you know, they have this mechanism of privacy. I want my privacy. I want this. I want that. So I had to start thinking of, okay, what are the problem? And then when I start researching, I was horrified. And honestly, because there's cyber stalking, there's identity theft, you know, like one of the thing is that my own bank account was attached to my iPad and my son was playing on it. So he was buying stuff like he was having a ball. And then one day you know, <laughs> I get the bill and I'm like, whoa, what is this? You know, and was he and six I, or seven at the time? Was he six? He was six. I realized that, you know, like it's very subtle. There's a saying, when your kid is quiet, something's happening. Well, I can tell you that it, it is real, you know, and, and, and parents, and, and I'm not the only one. At first, I was like, well, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. My house always been surrounded with computers, so I'm a technology guy by nature. But when I started to talk to my friends or go to other people's house and looking at other kids, and they were doing the same, and I started asking questions, they said, you're right, you know. And I said, what's the solution? Well, I don't know. You know, everywhere I would turn, they didn't know. I mean, there's amazing cybersecurity company. There's all kinds of settings you can do on device, but that doesn't stop what's happening in this virtual world. Well, know, no, because like, it's ever evolving and they're getting way more creative and more creative than we are. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, you know, when I, when I start this idea of going into the metaverse, I, I'm, I was like, okay, that's going to be awesome. You know, like I'm going to, everything's going to be there. But I'm, I feel like I walk in the desert, you know, like that old movie, Bugsy, he walks into Las Vegas and there's just the sand. And then he said, well, I'm going to build a casino. Well, I feel the same thing. And when I start looking around, what was there was drugs, porn, gambling. Those guys have tons of money to experiment and play with and throw away. 
and normally they're they're early adopters. If it normally can... they are absolutely normal. They were early adopters in digital advertising. They were early adopters in oh. the internet. It's no surprise that they're early adopters now, right? Yeah, exactly. And the funniest thing is always, you know, when I was young, I was attracted with this kind of stuff, and I I didn't understand why. It took me years to understand that they have so much power, they have so much energy, they have so much creativity that whenever they do a campaign, boom, you know, like you go in, they know the buttons, right? And when I started to think about it, I said, well, I can do the same thing, you know, in a positive way. And hence, Sesmic was born. And the transmedia part was, at first, I just wanted to do one thing. And then I start looking, well, you know, I got to do something else and then something else. And then there's augmented reality. There's, you know, virtual reality. And then we have all these technology. And I said, well, I can't leave one aside and say, I'm just going to do that. So, of course, you know, the problem got bigger. My vision got clearer. And I said, okay, there's three things that I like because I cannot do everything. So I like entertainment, esports, and education. And let's roll, you know. So so you picked that. Okay, good. So sports, entertainment, and education. And, yes. you know, some people might think, wow, there's all the dangers that you're trying to help kids with, but you're going into a universe where they're just creating another alternate reality with all of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So how is your vision and what Seismic Transmedia doing that's different? Well, the one thing that, you know, like, I'm also an artist, right? Yes, when, I know. You have a long list of things that I couldn't even put in the bio. I swear to God, I don't think you sleep. Well, <laughs> I do. I do. I sleep very well. When I sleep, I sleep. And uh, when I work, I work. You know, like, that's the thing. But yeah. the, the, the one thing that is common in all those things is the creative part, right? I, I always look for creative channels to express myself. And creator attract creators. So... I'm always surrounded by other artists, singers, sculptor, painters. And one thing that I... PRs. Yes, PRs, absolutely. Well, and you are an artist, an amazing artist in what you're doing. And one thing that I notice is that how in the real life, if you don't have an agent, if you're not in the system, you don't make it. And trust me, I've never been in the system. So it was really, really hard for me. But the most important thing is that once you're in the system, you have no control. So it's a give and take. I love control. And when you're saying the system, I know most of our listeners know what you're talking about, but let's explain that a little bit. Well, if you go into, you sign up, let's say you sign up with a record label or you get an agency or you get a sign up by a gallery as as an artist. Well, you have a contract about this stick that you don't understand. You have to pay somebody to translate to you and hope forbid he forbid a line and then you get caught on this and you lose all your assets. So at the bottom line is that you lose control. You give away your art and you hope that you're going to get some money. When I started to look at this metaverse thing, I realized that it was built on, on blockchain technology and what we call a smart contract. And a smart contract, it was for me a revelation. because. <laughs> From the get-go, you can assign the distribution, and whenever income's going to come, these uh, the distribution will be done forever. And then the other thing that I liked about it is that 
you know, like you would get also recurring revenue. Most of my friend artists, you know, have up and down and I do too. Well, I cook or I do something else, but some others don't have these channels to express themselves and they're just in one thing. And it's perfect because they're very mastering what they're doing. So when I look at all this, I realize, well, you know, that could be something to keep them creating or at least, you know, energizing themselves if they have recurring revenue. That's when I started to think, well, I'm going to help start helping artists and creators. And that's why I said, you know, I could have been in R&D, I could have been in hardware, I could have been in software development, but really the content is king. You know, we've been hearing that for the past 25 years, content is king. Well, guess what? The people that are creating, like you and I, are important assets. And, and the artists, the yes, that yeah. is true. They're creating content. And, and mo- most of the time we've forgotten or we're putting on the back burner or oh, thanks, that was a good piece and, you know, we'll take it and we'll make royalty on it and you got your check and goodbye. So that's when I started to think, well, I can help those guys. And then from there, it became very clear to me that my mission would be to have a safe place for them to expose their their project and also for my kids and the visitor to go in a place where they can hang out and learn things. So that's when Sismic was born, basically. That's awesome. And so tell us a bit about Seismic Transmedia. Like, what are you doing? You know, we talked about, and I mentioned it briefly, right? Publishing content in your own digital building. So you're bringing all of your skill sets from the past in, you know, the construction, the design, the, the artistry, the content. And you're also bringing generations together. So you have the little ones, you have the younger generations that are so interested and so curious, right? And you're bridging them with who? Well, let me give you my example. And and that's when, again, you know, like I'm, ho- I'm at home, we're cooking, we're eating. And my mother-in-law comes every twice a year. So she's here. And the first thing she does is she says, Hunter, my son's Hunter, I have a problem with my phone. And my son pick up the phone and start fixing it. Right. Oh, so I like well, I like that synergy. And then they're talking about it. And my mother-in-law has more time than us because she comes, but we still work. We still run around. You know, it's like a marathon when she comes. We have to celebrate five, six birthday. I mean, everything has to be done. And then she goes. But as she go, my son at six years old was already doing some FaceTime with her. So on his iPad, he would call her and then she would say, hey, Hunter. How do I fix this? How do I? And then I realized that there was a connection there. She doesn't ask me um, because she thinks I'm too busy or she doesn't want to. Do, but Hunter, she's, you know, dead on. And, and that's how it goes. Then I realized I started looking around the relationship of youngers and elderly. And it, it is an amazing bridge they have. It is. So I said, you know, part of our experience, wouldn't that be cool if I can bring if Saturday morning, you know, when I'm trying to sleep in, because I do sleep in sometimes, <laughs> when Hunter gets up, he could go on the, in our building, and then mother-in-law, she's also an early early bird, so they can go and hang out there and go see the latest concert or the latest exhibit from painters or the latest, you know, courses or whatever they, they want to do in a virtual world. 
they could meet up in a space and have a happening. Yeah, and connect together. And family concerts, right? Families going to concerts, sports, education. So, you know, this is all virtual. This is all ideation. This is all significance, right? Like paint paint a picture, paint the mass. Well, it's funny you say that because when I started my career, I was in show business. I was a techie. <laughs> of a course techie. you were. It's another thing yeah. you've done. <laughs> I don't sing. I don't, I don't do anything. But I was a lighting guy and I was working with a team and we always stayed together. Some of them became, you know, very famous. Some of them worked with Cirque du Soleil and all that stuff. And, and my mentor, we always stayed in touch. And then when I told him, I called him up one day. I said, hey, I'm, in, I'm going into this metaverse virtual world. Do you have anything that, because I know that before we do anything, we have to do like a prototype, you know, like when we raise money for a show, we do, you know, mood board, we do a storyboard. And, you know, as the time was progressing, we would do 3D rendering. So I know we had the 3D file somewhere. So I said, why don't we take what show could we take from a, a spinoff of the circus? Because most of the artists have started their own circus company or theater company. Who can you talk to to bring me a show and we could start, you know, see how feasible it is to bring on the metaverse. And here it goes, you know, like some, it comes back and it says, well, I have a show, well, Pinocchio. So here we go. We start looking at the mood board, how are we going to do it? So we need programmers, we need this, we need that. And that suddenly it became alive in the virtual world. We set up a team. I have people in India that are programmers. I have people in Montreal that are creators. We have people in England that are drafters. So all these people started to get together. And because of our medium, which is the, the metaverse, we can put up stuff. And then once it's up there, everybody can see it. And it doesn't matter the language. It doesn't matter because, but, you know, but I, but I want you to paint out the framework for it, because many people still don't understand the metaverse. Okay. They still can't see it. They still can't relate it to real life, like the building, the construction, like how that works in the digital. Like, you paint the mass for our audience, because there's tons of media out there about the metaverse, but people still don't get it. Well, at first, it's going to be a progressive introduction. People... First of all, that's why we choose those areas that we, we're going in because I know I can have control. I know I can make amazing stuff creative, but it will be, you're looking Start to with the it. ideal scene. Start with the very end. Start with the final half product of what that's going to look like. So well, people can get an idea and then compare your progression to it. Yes. Okay, so the final picture is you're walking into a, a big building, which I could call a mall. You know, like, and then you're walking and, and you're seeing all these outlets, creative outlets, and you can go in and you can be with, well, you would be with your kids or your friends or your family. And then you're looking at, at stuff that normally would take you energy, time, uh, effort, you know, and money because going to the mall, you need gas and everything that goes in between. So you're walking into a mall and you're seeing things and you're discovering. And then the beauty of it is that you can walk in and you can look at them in the real environment, in three dimensions. 
when you say look at them, like they could go into this huge mall and they decide they're going to go to a concert. So yeah. in one section of the mall, yeah, there's a theater. Yeah, there's a theater. They go in the theater, and once they're in the theater, they sit down and they watch the show. Now they can upgrade. They can go and watch it backstage, and then later they can be part of the show. Oh wow! So, yes. So. Depending on, on the experience you want to do, you'll be able to experiment and have different roles and function in, into an experience. That's really cool. So I get that about concerts. Yes. What about sports? Well, sports, esports actually is more, we, we decided, when I, I look at the esports scene, it was a very funny thing because my first software company I fired my employees because they were gamers. I didn't understand what a gamer was doing. They were doing lawn parties. They were doing all this stuff. And there was tons of merchandising. They were buying stupid toys. And I was like, I, I don't get it. You, know, you didn't it's get waste. it back then. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And later, when, I, when I, I, my, I had a son and I started looking at him, I started to understand. And God, you know, like I, I just had a... A revelation. I said, well, this is a world by itself. You know, like this is a world that needs to be protected. And they they need to be because I, I witnessed my brother it was so funny. <laughs> His son was a gamer and he didn't understand my brother's uh, a, me a mechanical engineer. Then he would come home and his son would play one day he took the computer and threw it out. That was his answer to having his son stop gaming. It didn't last too long. <laughs> and, uh, the, and then what happened is that from that, I understand. And we would have to talk about it. He said, I don't know what to do. And I, I would tell him, embrace it. You know, let's try to make it happen. And my brother didn't have this frame of mind. So when I became father, I, I said, okay, what can I do? And then I tried to introduce my son to sports, soccer, baseball, all that stuff. No, he was not really a physical guy. He likes to play soccer once in a while, but it's to play every week. No, but now I got him on a, I said, okay, you're going to be a gamer. You're going to start training like a, like an, like an athlete. You're going to get up in the morning. You're going to do your gaming. You're going to have breakfast. You're going to go to school after school. You're going to train. And then when we say it's enough, there's no whining, crying because I don't, I don't tolerate this, but it's enough. And by himself, eight o'clock, turns the computer off, go takes a bath, you know, come snuggle. We read stories. So now he got the idea, he got the frame of mind that this is his job. This is going to be, if he wants to do that, he's going to do that, you know, and, and he has to have discipline. So I think, I, I'm not saying this is the best or this is the worst, or, but I, I realized that I had to give him the opportunity to control it himself. And let's say in five years, he said, Dad, I want to be a glass blower. Well, guess what? We're gonna be, he's gonna become the best glass blower. The best because... glass blower there is. So in, in your mall, right? Yeah. Um, if someone wants to attend an esports game or get involved in esports, like how does that work? Well, the mall is not there yet, right? I designed it. I mean, we. I have know we're still talking about ideal scene because you're definitely yeah. working up towards that. Oh. You're raising capital for that, so. Explain how people can get involved in esports, like on the metaverse, and you know, attending well, I, events and things like that. Yeah, well, right now it's building communities. 
you know, we're working. I decided because when I look at all this, I said, yeah, that was so funny. I interview like a bunch of kids. I took 25, 30 kids and I said, okay, what would be the ideal scene to what game would you like to play? Oh my God. That was, I want to play this. I want to play that. Okay. I said, okay, awesome. Now let's pick one. And they're kids, right? Okay. So let's, we, uh, we want to do this game, this game. Okay. I said, second thing, which one of them you're going to make money out of? And they're like, what? I said, well, if you're going <laughs> to do something, you know, you got to have an exchange. Getting little hats and, and icons is nice, you know, and points, but you got to have something back. It's your time. So we came to a conclusion. They came to a conclusion that they would choose Fortnite. And I'm not doing advertising for Fortnite or anything, but it's just, okay, well, because not only they, they could make money, but they the whole environment is made for team playing. And so they this could is be, a category of esports is what you're saying. Exactly. And, it was fun. And, and they loved it. And, and how does so, that work with bringing the older generations together with the kids? They're not there yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's fine because what I, yeah. my, my viewpoint is that, first of all, let's get anything started, right? We can talk about it, you know, years and years. We can analyze, but let's do it, you know? And it's funny because now we do land parties. We do everything that, you know, I didn't understand. We, we do them at the office and the kids are in charge and they, and they organize it. And, you know, we have adult supervision and all of that. And even par parents would call me and say, what, what's happening tonight? Why is everybody so excited? And I said, well, you can come. What do you mean I can come? Come and check it out. You know, oh, okay. So they would come and see it. So right now, it's just a positioning. And what we did is that in Montreal, we, we're opening an office. So we joined up with a, an event and we did a competition to start scouting talents. So we did a, a tournament, you know, Florida against, against Montreal. That was awesome. Because my boys were what like, kind of tournament? It, it was a Fortnite tournament Okay, and they, they play against each other. And that's the, like I said, that's what one thing that I didn't want to put attention on, but I wanted to, them to play. I want them to start training. I want them to start to be a team. So I picked one game and I said, that's going to be the game. And, and now we can build on to that. Once we have a structure. We'll probably acquire a couple gaming company and then we'll have our own game, right? And then we'll bring in, you know, the, the elderly, we'll bring in the, the family, we'll bring, you know, the entertainment education into it. Because I think over the year, the metaverse is going to be, you know, like you're, you're not only going to play a game, you're going to do something that you learn, you're going to do something that you entertain, you're going to do in real life, you know, like. It's funny, I was watching like a war movie or a series or whatever, and they said, most of the time we wait. You know, the battle, you see the battle scene, it's like, ah, very intense, but 90% of the time they are waiting. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> exactly. True. So I thought, well, why don't we, you know, the area we're going in, well, while you're waiting, because you should be waiting, you know, whatever strategy or whatever in the game, well, why don't you educate yourself? Why don't you entertain yourself? So that's when I saw the synergy of having a building, putting many different things in it. And eventually, like the ideal scene is that you will have to that. And let's say, you know, uh, if I have a, a boy, let's say I had a girl, 
and she's not interested in battle. Well, I can organize something that she would be for her demographic, right? Eventually, have a game that she likes. Like in Asia and uh, the Philippines, Axie Infinity is very, very big, and the most of the the players are women. So I can go into, you know, we can we can bring in stuff, and that's the idea. That I don't have a preconceived idea and saying, oh, this is what we're doing, and we're not. I know it's going to evolve. I know it's going to, some stuff we started at the beginning of the company, we, we let go. You know, people say, why did you let go? Well, first of all, there, there's no interest. You know, people are not interested by that. And yeah. kids are not interested. And guess what? I mean, they may be big money, but it's not about the money. It's about the experience, right? Well, it seems to me like this is a blank canvas. I mean, you have this huge mall, for lack of better words. and areas where you can go for different entertainment, different concerts, different this. You have a whole esports section. I mean, it could even get into traditional sports, right? Not just games. Yes. And then you have an education component, right? And so what is that like? That particular section of the metaverse or the mall, there's different rooms or areas where people can go learn, attend yeah. classes. What is that like? Well, it's funny you say that because when I start developing things, I have little, little books and I, and the education component, I taught a lot. I taught at university, college. I had my own school. I work with all kinds of educational and nothing turned me on. And then one day I'm, I'm looking and I said, well, what if, why don't we mix this together? Now, why don't we mix education and entertainment? And then I start looking. And then I found something called entertaining. And I said, wow, that's awesome. Entertainment with training. Yes. Training. Interesting. Yes. So, and then I said, okay, what would I do with it? Because when I started looking at it, you know, like the concept was not what I want. But what we did with it is that we said, wouldn't that be cool if you choose a topic, choose a trainer, choose an environment where you want to go. And then at the end of it, you, you can make money with it. What do you mean, what make money? Well, this is what, you know, I, I came up with. So let's say you want to learn math, right? And then your favorite athlete is, uh, I don't know, Messi. You know, let's talk about somebody popular. And you want to go into an area like Grand Canyon. You don't want to be in a classroom. You want to be in the Grand Canyon. So you're learning math taught by Messi because it's, he's an avatar, right? And he's teaching you math. And then you're in the Grand Canyon. And you have your, you know, the props, the set, and everything is there, and you're learning math. Then you pass your test, and you're pretty good at math. Then you want to start learning to play the guitar, and you're done with Messi. Well, you take Messi, and you put it on the marketplace, you sell it, and you change it for Bono or whatever, the Ed, or whatever guitar player you like. And then he's teaching you guitar, right? And then you're tired and then you're putting for sale and then you buy another avatar. And so you have a choice of whatever subject you want to do. You have a choice of whatever trainer. Whatever you teacher want. you want. Exactly. And then, you know, you would have also, you know, like we have Google that scan the world in all the crevices. So I don't need to reinvent the world. I can just go and create a bridge, an API or some, some kind of a with Google and grab whatever they have and bring, 
you know, my train, my avatar and say, okay, this is where you're going to learn. So that became enter training because it's not only, you know, what a just... cool way to go to school. What a cool way to learn. It doesn't even have to be kids, but you know, I look at this as such an economic opportunity, an economic opportunity for artists, for scientists, for teachers, for thought leaders, for, I mean, you could learn anything. You could learn politics from your favorite politician. Maybe exactly. that's not such a good example, but, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, it, it doesn't matter. As long as you're creating something and you're learning something, and, and you'll know. I mean, after five minutes of, you know, Bono seeing his face and maybe you'll get tired of it, you know? Yes. And, and, and I look at the, all my little players, my little, not so little players of, and that's what they do. They, they in this game that they're playing Fortnite, that one of the big thing is they bring all these 3D, you know, persona. And I thought, wow. And that's why they're so excited. I said, why don't we bring this to education? You know, why it has to be me. I don't want to, you know, like, I know I was quite an entertainer when I was teaching, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, I'm not for everybody, right? Maybe this face is not. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, and you can have amazing teachers that could rent avatars from famous people to make it more entertaining, right? I mean, there's yeah. the economic implications of this is just wild. Infinite. 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 Well, so tell us a little bit about Little Bob. Were you like, did you drive your mother crazy? <laughs> always being a disruptor, always being ever curious, always being interested. What were you like? Yeah, I would come home with blood. I would come home with <laughs> stuff in my hand. I, I'm going to tell you something funny. My favorite day was Tuesday night and Thursday night. Why? Because it was garbage day. And, you know, in the city, you have people throwing things. And I was a, an electronic maniac. And I, I would go and check if there was, like, TVs or radio. And I would bring them, you know, like home. And my mom would look at me and say, what are you doing? I said, oh, there's something in it I want. And then I would cut all the little parts. I didn't even know what they were for. I would cut everything and organize them. I mean, I had, I had such a beautiful youth. And then I start to find out the power of mentors. And all my life, you know, I had mentors. I had mechanic mentors, artists, I had accountant, I had finance, I had, I mean, name it. It's always been something that was innate in me. I, I needed to talk to somebody that had knowledge that was, you know, not that didn't have, how could I say that? They didn't care what I was doing. They just liked to share. And that was me. So my mom basically was worried because I would be gone for I would get up in the morning, get out, and come back when the lights were on. People don't know that, but, you know, that was the signal. When the light turns on, you got to be home. Whatever in between, try to not, you know, go to jail, hospital, or, <laughs> you know, and, and that was, that's how not I got out. Not that way today, is it? But, yeah, so you were out of the house as soon as the light hit, and you were oh at home as soon as the light hit. And it was a quest. You know, like it was a treasure quest. I always looked for something. Even, you know, like I, I had a beautiful picture in my head while I'm telling you this. I was sitting on the garage, like an old box, and watching my mechanic mentor taking a carburetor apart. Just sitting there. 
and not asking anything. And he would show me parts and say, oh, this is how you clean it. This is what it. And, and you loved and it. I, I mean, I was fascinated. Yeah. And I could sit there for hours. Yeah. And then he would, and he would say, are you hungry? Yeah. And then he would go in, come back with sandwich and we would eat. And, you know, like I create myself a beautiful youth. I never wait after anybody. You know, when I wanted something, I asked for it. 90% of the time I got it. When I didn't, I worked for it. You know, that was me. That was young Bob. I was everywhere. You know, like. No wonder you're creating this. Yes. So how do people get a hold of you? If they have questions about the metaverse, they want to get involved in seismic media. They have you know, anything and everything. How do they get a hold of you? Well, it's very simple. We, we, you know, they go to our website, Seismic Transmedia. They can go on our YouTube account. You know, the, another thing you were saying, explain to me this. I mean, there's so many facets. I got tired of explaining, so I start making videos. And one of my friends says, Bob, you're telling all your... I said, you know, if people copy this, you know, they'll make money. And I'll be happy because I will always be the originator, right? So there's no... And this world is so big. How many painting company there is in this world right now? You know, which one goes out of business? The one that don't work, but there's always a new one coming in. So that's why in the metaverse, I encourage everybody to take an idea, take my idea, take any idea, just run with it. Right. And it's so funny because, you know, a couple of days ago, we had a launch from somebody that, you know, it's a bit controversial, did some NFT cards. And we have a project, a similar project going on. And people say, well, we don't know if it's going to work and this and that. Well, guess what? This guy made 4.5 million in 12 hours. So I don't know, you know. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know. Stat. I don't that's, know if that's good that's or not. That's a good stat. I think we, let's say we really, really fail and we make half a million. Just think about it. So there is a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to share. My, I have my pictures, my phone numbers on LinkedIn everywhere. I, yes, I was going to say, you can find you on LinkedIn, find you on Seismic Transmedia website, find you on Seismic Trans- Transmedia's YouTube, and reach out to you. Yeah, even on TikTok. Artists, entrepreneurs, oh. you know, kids. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a concerned father. At the end, you know, of everything I could have done, I have the best life. Because at night, you know, when I, I go pick up my son, this is my second shift. You know, he's gaming. I, I'm not too far watching what he's doing. We're talking. I'm cooking for him. You know, I make sure that he's a good player. And sometimes I see that he's very agitated. So I cut the sugar down, you know, like I, I, I want him to be happy and a amazing players for the time that he wants to be, you know, he may not in a year or two grow up and say, Hey, I want to be an architect. Well, let's see. Well, how we're gonna... Then we can have architecture education in the metaverse. Metaverse, <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm glad at the end of the day, you're a concerned parent, and I'm sure many of our listeners are glad about that too. And I really thank you about painting this picture of the metaverse. You made it very real. People still have lots of questions, but I wish you all the best of luck. I, I don't even need to wish you luck. I know that as you're going along, just like you stated, this is going to be wildly, wildly successful. And the economic implications are just infinite. Well, 
that followed. And that's why, you know, when, when we met, because we didn't talk about this, but when we met, you know, that's one thing that seduced me is that your passion for what you're doing, right? There's a whole difference. There's a whole, I, I meet investor every day. And some of them, I will never work with them because they're not in it because they like it. They're in it because other reason. And what you're doing, and the same thing with interview, you know, like I get, I get requests from different people all over the world. And I didn't feel that I could communicate what I really want to communicate. And thank you for that. And thank you for being who you are. You are so welcome. Well, I have a soft spot for entrepreneurs and disruptors. And I understand what pioneers go through. We have a lot of arrows in our backs. Yeah. And probably education of what we're doing is the biggest barrier to entry that we have. So share this podcast far and wide. Tell people what you're doing. And thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption. If you learned something today, go tell someone about this podcast and tell them to go disrupt their markets with a tidbit from this show. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal health care or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency client relationship between Joto PR and the user.